Welcome back to Dose of Support, a podcast where healthcare professionals share their stories and find community. Let's learn from each other and utilize some self-care in healthcare. I'm Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner, and I'm here to help our guests have a platform to share. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider and neither are my guests, but we do encourage you to seek out care from your own professional. This podcast is not affiliated with any employer. And let's also remember to protect privacy and abide by HIPAA. It's hard out there. So let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We are here to have our weekly huddle, which I think maybe I should call this segment. It was kind of a check-in, but a lot of professionals huddle before their shift begins or at the at the end of their shift, there's a huddle process. And um, if that's you, let me know. I'm just curious. I, I thought, well, I could call this the weekly huddle where we come together and we check in with each other. And And so this past week, we closed on our house and it's now in the hands of some new owners that can really enjoy it. And in the meantime, my family is going to take some time just to find the right place. And so we're cohorting together with family during this pandemic. We just thought it was the smart move. And um, so that's kind of the situation with the house. So I am not recording in a closet right now. I'm recording in a bedroom. So if it sounds any different, don't know what to tell you. It's what it's what I got to work with right now. Um, as a lot of you know, I am about a year postpartum, and I'm really feeling uncomfortable in my body. And a lot of people heard Allison Swenson's episode, which is episode one. She's our registered dietitian, and I think that I'm not alone in feeling this way about how I look. And I'm an exhausted new mom. That's working full time and doing this podcast. And I've been thinking, okay, maybe I need to get into a workout program. And so I'm going to ask you listeners to reach out with your favorite workout videos. I am all about freebies. So if I can just get on YouTube, do 15 minutes while the baby's napping, please reach out, help a girl out. I'm wanting to get fit, I'm wanting to feel good in my skin. And I'm having a lot of trouble with that. So I'm reaching out for help. Um, and in on that note, this week we have Dr. Danielle McGinnis as our guest. And um, she is just this amazing spirit. And I wanted to plug that she, if you like our conversation, if you're really digging it, she has her own podcast that she just launched as well. So if you really like her voice and her message, um, her podcast is called the Embodied Podcast, and you'll hear a little bit more about that in our interview. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. It's a really different change of pace and a different style. And so thank you so much for listening, everybody. Hi, 
listeners, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have Dr. Danielle McGinnis as our guest. She is a licensed physical therapist with a doctor of physical therapy degree. She'll describe a story of hitting rock bottom and finding grace to rise up and form her business, Alpha Femme. At Alpha Femme, she coaches clients blending physiology and psychology with a holistic approach that offers healing and optimization. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Can you tell that I totally stalked your website? <laughs> That's great. I'm glad that you can get that much info about me from my website. That, that means I'm doing a good job of marketing then. Well, I couldn't I couldn't get your background and I could so I was like, I gotta have her on the show. So um I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for taking the time. Um, so as a physical therapist licensed in that role, I think I think what people need to know, I, I think people have heard of physical therapists, but what what does a physical therapist do, the average mainstream physical therapist? So the way that I kind of think of physical therapists are as movement doctors, movement practitioners, specialized in physiology, anatomy, physiology, how the body moves. Um, but as we were talking about before we hit record, you know, there are some aspects of physical therapy that I didn't really truly learn in physical therapy school that I picked up in clinic along the way. And so those are aspects of um, relationship to movement, relationship to pain, um, chronic injury, um, and how people deal with that. And so those things that I kept seeing in clinic were the things that you don't really learn in school, but it really started to open my eyes to how physical therapy wasn't just simply movement. It was a lot about relationships and how those relationships are manifesting in your body. And so that's kind of how I started to kind of build the foundations of Alpha Femme off of those things that I was taking stock of when I was in clinic. And I started to see, I'm like, you know, I'm treating patients and it's like, okay, yes, we have this movement dysfunction, but how's your stress in your daily life? And then I started to talk to patients about that. And that's something that really typically in a, in a normal physical therapy setting, there's not enough time to go into depth with patients about how they're feeling. Some of these relationships that you're talking about, I think, a, I think we should give an example. So are you saying like when a patient is fearful to move, they're associating this feeling, this emotion, this fear with the movement that you're prescribing for them. And what, what you saw is you needed to delve deeper into that and you didn't have time. Is that a good example? Yeah. And then also, if you can think of the flip side of that, their relationship to rest, you know, a lot of these chronic injuries that you see, what is your relationship to rest? Why are you constantly doing like reflaring up this infl inflammation? Like, what is that relationship like? So not only is it your relationship to the actual movement, but what's your relationship to rest? And then how are you dealing with this pain that is manifesting? Because pain is just a symptom of something internally that you're dealing with. And so that's kind of what I started to see in the clinic. And, you know, it was interesting because like once I started to talk to patients about these things, because I think that's something that's um, really heavily overlooked is the patient education aspect of physical therapy. Absolutely. It's Everywhere. I think 
I think in all realms of healthcare, we are not given time to explain. I mean, I think we need to explain it 15 times sometimes for someone to get it. There's a whole literacy, literacy component to that. And I think that there's not time to sit and make sure that people understand their prescribed regimen. Totally. And I think that when I was working in clinic as a physical therapist, the thing that I more than any type of exercise prescription, the thing that I really focused on heavily was that first patient interview and really developing a really solid relationship of trust with my patient. Because it's like my patient is, you know, in a vulnerable position. They're hurting in some way. And so they're trusting me to help them through this process. And so that aspect of developing trust and rapport with a patient is so important. And that's where I started to really try to weave in patient education and helping the patient really see the why. Why do we even care about this? And why do you even care about this? And once you understand your why, it creates meaning around the whole aspect of care. And so if you're telling a patient to do a certain exercise and they have no meaning around the exercise, their motivation to continue forth, even if if their pain is still existing, is probably a little bit lower than, you know, you're going through this inflammatory process. You can still move through that process with a modified level of pain, but it's like, if that pain comes up, you know, why are we doing this? What does it mean? It's like there's a cognitive disconnect between your body and your mind or or in our society, (laughs) in our society, we've we've cultivated that it's okay to be disconnected from your body, mind, and spirit. And it sounds like you noticed this right away in clinic and it was hard for you to see that. It, um, it was very frustrating, even as a, as a student, you know, like I was lucky enough to have a clinic, amazing clinical rotations in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, But the thing that I started to notice was like the time aspect, right? Where it's like, as a student, sometimes you are given four or five patients an hour. And it's like, oh my gosh, like how could I possibly get everything that I want to with this patient when I have three other patients running around? They're all dealing with their issue. And it's like, I was so frustrated because I wanted to meet people where they were and not give them this cookie cutter spiel about, I'm going to fix you. Don't worry. It's fine. (laughs) And it's like, no, I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to empower you to fix yourself. And so that takes time and that takes a relationship between the practitioner and the patient. And so that's kind of why I, I mean, I was building Alpha Femme as I transitioned out of physical therapy school. So it really allowed me to, you know, practice these these methodologies on um, clients. And I really started to see the gold unfolding. And I was like, I have to follow this. Like, I can't not follow this. You had, you had intuition and you're following it now. Totally. (laughs) So I think we need to like back this train up for a second, because I think listeners need to know what kind of training 
physical therapists have in general. So, so back up to you becoming interested in healthcare. Let's, let's go there. What sparked your interest? So way back in 2016, um, I actually, so I graduated with an undergrad in um, exercise physiology. And so initially I had desired to go to physical therapy school. Um, but I, in my shadowing in undergrad way back, um, I just realized that I just didn't like it. I was like, no, I don't know. I just not really a fan of this. The shadowing was really boring to me. And so that was like in 2013 or something. So I moved across the country to Austin, Texas, and I- No way. No way. I lived in Austin for four years. Oh, three years. Oh my (laughs) God. Okay. We're going to have to talk offline about that. (laughs) So yeah, I lived in Austin for three years. I was- a personal trainer down there, um, just really trying to, you know, follow my passions and in, in health and fitness. And so I actually got really good at that. I was amazing. I got promoted. I was making over 60,000 a year. So what some people would deem successful in quotation marks. Um, so, but uh, in the end of 2016, I ended up uh, tearing my ACL and just like a pickup soccer game. And so my rehab experience in Austin, Texas, as a patient, so I was basically on the other end of the spectrum, um, was amazing. My physical therapist were, and my orthopedic surgeon were amazing. Um, very empowering and, and really, they really cared about the process. And so I was like, oh, I can be a good physical therapist. And at the time I was like, limiting beliefs of my own, right? So I didn't think back then that it was possible to have a career in um, fitness that was sustainable. And so even though I was killing it, um, I just didn't believe in myself enough. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go do the the secure thing and I'll go be a physical therapist. And so I applied to PT school. I got in. Um, and then I started my journey at West Virginia University. Uh, so I moved back across the country and started my journey in 2016 um, into physical therapy school. So wow. that's kind of what led me there. Wow. But it what a journey. And so how's your knee now? <laughs> so uh, very interesting. I was um, really discouraged because I had a lot of hiccups with my rehab. Um just had a lot of scar tissue. I actually had to have two knee surgeries and I was just really discouraged. And then over time, and as I went through physical therapy school, I just really started to use strength and conditioning in a really new way that my knees have never felt better than they did. That's amazing. I think people people don't see exercise as medicine, but they should. Movement is medicine. 100%. Is medicine. Yep. And food is medicine. And it's just, we're just so disconnected from our own ability to heal ourselves. It's so, it's so interesting. Um, Okay. So you start physical therapy school. All physical therapists have an undergraduate degree, probably in that kinesiology like area, correct? Um, Yeah. So a majority of them do have a background in, you know, exercise science, kinesiology, exercise physiology. But I had um, people in my class 
that because I took three years between undergrad and going back. And so it was interesting because there were some really interesting backgrounds in my my PT class. So one girl had an undergrad in French. Um, one girl was like a teacher. Like there was multiple people that kind of like switched paths and went back into physical therapy. Very interesting. Yeah. So I think as long as you have the prereqs and the classes to get in, um, I think you can really come from whatever background. I know that the shadowing to that aspect, and I think that my experience working in a gym setting for so long really helped my application, as well as some references that I, I knew in the field of physical therapy. So I think, you know, having a well-rounded background, I think is more important than just having a bachelor's degree in exercise science. Gotcha. So how long is the average physical therapy program? And what does that, what does that education entail in a nutshell? So the average program is anywhere. There's some programs that are two and a half years, but typically it's three. Um, it's a doctorate degree. And so that entails um, my program in particular was two years of, you know, the in-class classroom work. And then you go out into clinic for the last year, basically, and work on your clinicals. So it's kind of a combination of, you know, writing your thesis and then you're in clinicals. And so I would say to anybody that is kind of curious about it, it's, it's very, it's a rigorous program for sure. I think that you know, I do believe that anybody can go through it if they have a certain amount of passion for the subject, but it is, it is rigorous for sure. Um, You know, it was interesting because during physical therapy school, I actually ended up starting a strength and conditioning company um, midway through physical therapy school. And so I was able to actually start that company while I was in physical therapy school. And that really taught me some really foundational principles about being an entrepreneur. And it really (laughs) helps now because I'm like, oh, well, I did that when I was in a doctoral level program. I can certainly be an entrepreneur now that I'm out of school. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so basically taking stock of all the lessons that I learned while I started that company um, have really helped me now. But I, I do think that it is, it's an intense program. It's very focused on, Um, I think that a lot of physical therapy programs are, um, centered around passing the boards. And so they do miss out on kind of the humanistic model of what the career could be. Um, but I think it, it is your job to kind of insert, insert that yourself if it's not in the program. And I think I was able to do that with starting my other company. And so I was simultaneously just kind of really working and and developing these patient care models with, with clients outside of school. Okay. So you, yeah, that does, that does make sense. And it sounds like you just have this. One of the reasons I wanted to interview you is I was watching your IGTV on Instagram and you are like, like listening to your voice is like listening to the calm app. And you are, you have this calming presence and it's a true presence. Like you are, you are in the moment. And I just felt like this is what dose of support is about is listening to someone who, is calm and has something to share and has 
has a gift to give. And so, um, I, so I was immediately like attracted to that and I had to, like, it sparked my interest. Um, but going back, you, you had mentioned boards and a lot of our listeners in their all different kinds of professions have Mm -hmm. to take boards. So can you just speak to like what that process is like? Do you do them during school? Do you do them (laughs) after school? Are there multiple boards? How does that work? So I'm laughing because I had a very interesting um, bout with the boards as well. Um, And I think this is all just the universe just kind of like trying to give me lessons. Um, So you can take the boards in your last semester of PT school. You can take them in April, I think, like right before graduation. Some people do that. Honestly, for me, I had so much on my plate. I was really battling with, do I want to do this as a career? Do I I even like this? Like, what do I want to do? I was trying to get out of that, the company that I started because there was some stuff going on there. And so my mind was not in a place to take the boards because to study and to be like, Oh, I got that. It really does take, um, I would recommend taking at least like probably eight to 12 weeks to dedicate yourself to studying for boards. And so I just wasn't in the place to do that. And so Was it a single test then. Yeah. So, um, it's a national board, um, but you're licensed by the state. And so you can transfer your license, but you have to pass boards and then you have to figure out like what are the state's requirements to, you know, get licensed in a certain state. And so I was in North Carolina at the time. So I was taking boards in North Carolina. Um, and actually I applied for July boards and I honestly, I, I forget what even happened. I think it was like something with the processing where, I was like a Maryland resident, but I was taking them in North Carolina. It was something with the processing that got messed up and they pushed it to October. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was basically in limbo from May until October unlicensed. And so for me, I was like, okay, what do I need to learn here? So one, it gave me more time to study for the actual boards. And then part of me was like, well, you don't even know if you want to do this. So maybe you should just not even take them and not get licensed. And then I thought to myself, well, that's like running a marathon and just not crossing the finish line. So I just took them. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then, yeah. And then I decided to take them in October. Um, so they're basically, you can take them three times a year. You can take them April, actually four, I think January, April, July, and October are the options to take boards. And so you can choose what, when you want to take them. So <laughs> due to some technical difficulties, I ended up taking them in October. It was great because it gave me time to one, leave the company that I was in and then transition into Alpha Femme and give Alpha Femme like a really good solid six months of, of TLC while I studied for boards. Your energy. Um, yeah. Yeah. When we come back, we'll hear from Dr. Danielle McGinnis a story from her practice, and some self-care methods. Stay tuned. To the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers, welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. 
So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. We are with our physical therapist, Dr. Danielle McGinnis, who is here to share a story and talk about her business, Alpha Femme. All right, Danielle, take it away. Okay. So I would say that I feel like my journey of, I guess you would call uh, individuation, has kind of led me to transitioning from doctor of physical therapy to a more integrative, holistic life coach. And so so I, I mentioned earlier in the episode about starting a business throughout physical therapy school. And so in that business, um, I ended up starting a business with one of my best friends. And he and I were, you know, like two peas in a pod. And we were very passionate about what we were doing to help people in, in the health and wellness field. And, um, you know, I think when too much passion and not enough aim and direction kind of blurs together. You have some interesting power dynamics. And so a lot of my internal repressed wounds were coming to light as this business manifested over time. Can you, that's, that's like super deep. Yeah. Can can you like, when you say internal wounds, can you just like describe like what you mean by that? So a lot of um, apologizing for who I was, not having um, a lot of faith in my voice. And so I would actually just um, suppress myself or, or lessen myself, make myself a lesser version of me to, I guess, comply with the things that were going on in the business. I felt like I was just the sidekick. You made yourself smaller. Totally. Um, it was interesting because I was actually becoming the face of the company. And so unintentionally, it just kind of happened that way. And it really, he didn't like that. And so there there started to be a lot of, just a lot of things that I would do to just try to mask the the true pain that was like internally manifesting in myself. I was just betraying myself constantly. And I was just a, a really, it almost felt like a shell of my essence. It didn't feel like I was really, I didn't feel passionate about anything about what I was doing in the world. And it was interesting because that was right when I was graduating physical therapy school. So I had a really successful business on the outside and I was graduating with a doctoral degree. And on the inside, I was dying. I was so broken and I felt so lost because I had just repressed all of these parts of myself that I thought were unworthy. Um, I just kind of had a rock bottom moment, like the, you know, those divine realizations where you're like, oh my God, what, 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 where am I? Like, what has happened to me that you have just like completely drained yourself to this point? And so I'm very thankful of that, that moment of consciousness, I guess you could say to like, give me the, the awareness. And so, uh, New Year's 
2019, I dedicated the whole year of 2019 to be my year of healing. I hired coaches and mentors to kind of help me unpack this, I guess, emotional repressed baggage that I've been carrying along with me for, you know, a long time. A lot of this stuff was is childhood wounds that manifest in relationship, right? And so right. Um, it wasn't until I was put in that um, relationship that I was really faced with a lot of my own stuff. As I started to unpack that, it was really interesting how the the business dynamic was unfolding because it was like I was starting to step into a little bit more of my essence, a little bit more of who Danielle is, a little bit more of my truth. And that's really disruptive when you're in a toxic relationship because now it's called a switchback move. And so now, you know, that person who they've always thought that you were, you start to change and they're not okay with you changing. And so that brought up another, I guess, spiel of problems for the business. And so I I was like, I can't participate in this business anymore. You know, it ended up being, you know, I was trying to get like actual legal partnership in the business that I helped create. And he wouldn't let me be a partner. And I was just like, there's no way I'm dedicating my life to this. And so I had to make the courageous decision to leave the business. And so he wouldn't let me also kind of give our clients and our our platform that I helped build. Like I I didn't have a chance to use my voice and, and say goodbye. So I had to honestly just step away having utter faith that I was making the right decision, a decision towards self. One of those moments where, you know, you make a decision and it feels like the whole world is lifted off of your shoulders. I knew that even though it was painful of kind of cutting ties to a very toxic dynamic, I was choosing myself for the first time. Sounds like you were living the cycle of abuse over and over, even though you weren't in, I don't, I don't know the specifics of your relationship other than it was a business relationship, but that doesn't mean that abuse can't happen just because it's not an interpersonal relationship. It's, it's a business relationship, but it sounds abusive um, Um, on on both ends. It's just, I think that that dynamic was a great mirror to the ways that I had been betraying myself for years. And that was the container in which all of that stuff had bubbled to the surface that I was finally able to face. But that relationship, honestly, looking back now, I have nothing but grace for both of us because, you know, we're all doing the best that we can with our current level of healing. Just surviving. Yeah. Sounds like you were both surviving. Yeah. And so in my blog, I kind of broke it down a little bit more, but you know, I had, I had betrayed myself by actually choosing to do physical therapy just for the fact that I didn't believe in myself back when I was a personal trainer. And so that was like the first form of self-betrayal. As I transitioned out of that business, Alpha Femme was, I, I don't know, it felt like this um, just divine calling when, when the name came to me out of the universe. I was like, oh, I'm going to start a business called Alpha Femme. And so what Alpha Femme really represents is taking feminine and masculine principles and really bringing them together in, in the options that I offer for coaching to really help people integrate 
and heal. And I think that that's what's missing in a lot of, um, I guess you would call it quote unquote, personal development. We're missing the integration piece. And so we're too focused on the masculine principles of the doing and the striving and the success that we miss the part where we have to really dive into our bodies and understand like, where is this coming from and receive the messages and receive the lessons and really just bring those two together to integrate this amazing lesson that 2018, well, 2017, 2018, that was just a massive lesson. And it just wasn't until 2019 that I decided to actually listen and really use those feminine principles to listen. And so that story is um, really what led me to start Alpha Femme because I really just saw the gap, the one-sidedness of what the medical model was. And I saw how one-sided that that business that I was participating in, it was very egocentric. And I was like- The patriarchy. It's, it's all the patriarchy. I was like, but what about what about the soul? What about the essence of, of humans? We're missing out on that. So for the listeners- um, Alpha Femme offers connection and growth and authenticity, compassion, and, and finding your passion and really harnessing, like, like Danielle is saying, the, the feminine and the masculine mm-hmm. in, in, in an equal, in a syn- synergistic way. Um, and Danielle has a blog right there on her website. Y'all have a book club. Um, <laughs> And what I noticed is there's there have been several courses and boot camps and just um, like coaching classes almost. Is that what you would describe what you guys do? Like people can go online and sign up. Is that how that works? Yeah. So I have broken Alpha Femme into Alpha Coaching and Femme Coaching. And so the Alpha Coaching is more grounded in the masculine energy. And so it's it's that more structured and logical and focused and stable and disciplined. And so that is encapsulated in my embodied warrior program. And so as I was kind of telling you before we started recording that it is strength and conditioning, but it's more than that. It's bridging the gap between the mind and the body like we talked about. It's it's really understanding and diving to a deeper level of awareness of your somatic experience as you work through these strength and conditioning principles. So it's way deeper than a typical template program. Um, So that's one side of the business. And then my femme side of the business, it's really grounded in the holistic healing. And so it it really takes, um, it kind of rounds out the business and brings in the feminine aspect of just that nurturing, compassionate, um, really healing aspect Um, so with that, I offer one-on-one mentorship and coaching, and then I have a, a program called Embodied. And so Embodied, I actually extended it out. It's a year long program where people are just really diving into really, so it's broken down into three modules and it's called Name, Connect, Choose. And so it's about gaining awareness, integrating awareness, and then putting that, that newfound level of integration out into the world. So it's really um, a good, like you said, synergistic way to, I guess, bring bring yourself back. It's like walking yourself home. 
That's really what it is. And so so beautiful. Like the way that you just said that is just like beautiful. Um, can I be superficial for just a hot second? Sure. Um, I'm following your Instagram and like you are ripped. Like (laughs) I'm just like, like, so when I looked at your, at your website, I was thinking like, wow, like this, you are doing like, like fitness coaching also. And, and, and like, you are the perfect model for that. And like with the physical therapy background, having, having the education to help Mm -hmm. people do it correctly, that they won't get injured. They, you know, like they, I feel like you just have this great background that you're bringing to the business because you have this healthcare experience. You know what people can get if they go to the healthcare sphere and you know what they can get when they come to you. And so I think that you are really offering something different. And that's what I wanted to highlight. Well, thank you. I think that honestly, the the experiences and the stories are so important because it, it really helps me meet people people where they're at because, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that you think I'm ripped. But like that's <laughs> that's its own monster that I've dealt with in the past, right? So just really terrible relationships to exercise and, and nutrition and, and food and so, body image and all that. Totally. Right? And it's but like, like you are really leading by example. Yeah. You, you look at other people on Instagram and you're like, oh my God, I wish I could look like her. And it's like, Maybe, you know, like maybe she's dealing with some really internal things, like really deep internal wounds. And so for me, I've I've had to kind of go down that road. And that's honestly, I want Alpha Femme to be this place where we truly are unpacking all of these really vulnerable things that we experience in the human experience. But I want to do it with transparency. I'm not like whoever you think you have to be in this world. It's typically just some form of coping mechanism for who you actually are. And so if you can be met in that space of who you actually are with this accepting and and this compassionate presence, if, if you're in this healing relationship with other and that other person mirrors back to you, your the greatness of your true authenticity, that gives you permission to actually be yourself. And so that's what I want Alpha Femme to be. I don't want it to, I don't want you to have to put on a mask to bring me your problems. You know, like I want to meet people exactly where they are. And, you know, I think that there's certain people in the healthcare field that are amazing at that and can actually navigate the the restrictions of time inpatient care really well. But for me, I'm the type of person that I love depth. And so when I work with a patient, I want time, I want space, and I want depth because in those things, you get really, really juicy integration and you really get to connect. And that's something that I'm super passionate about. And so you know, there's amazing practitioners out there in every field. I just would offer, you know, the advice that if it's not, if you're not in a container that allows you to be in your essence, create one yourself because it's totally possible. It just takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And you, so you've done it, girl. So like how, how do you, you're giving a lot. I think you're giving a lot of energy and you're 
putting a lot of energy into the universe. You have this business, you're helping other people. How do you take care of yourself? What is your self-care? So I have, I'm really clear about my non-negotiables. So like the way that I'm treated, like I want to be treated with a level of respect, right? And so I, I really create boundaries around what are my non-negotiables because after that toxic relationship, it really taught me to put boundaries in place there. And I think that is one form of self-care. Um, another boundary I've really set is, you know, it, it's not typical that in the healthcare setting that you would create your own hours. But if you are an entrepreneur, you can create your own hours. So for me, I no work before 10 a.m. And then that yeah, girl, <laughs> that gives me the time and space to one, move my body in the morning. So here's my morning routine. So I'll get up, go to the gym around like 5 a.m., come home, breakfast, coffee, and I dedicate about probably 60 to 90 minutes of reading um, in the form of whatever I'm interested in, whether that be right now I'm, I'm really reading and studying deep into depth psychology, so the study of the unconscious. And so that's something that really I love because it's it's a container of growth for myself. And so um, probably 16 to 90 minutes of reading and then my partner and I will walk our dogs and then I'll get ready and start the workday. So those are the things that I put in place to really honor myself um, and make sure that my day every day is starting from a place of just not striving to do anything, but like I, I truly get to do it. I'm not obligated to do it. I get to do it. And I'm so excited about that. When people say that every day is a gift, like that's a superficial message, but like you're like you're you're embracing it. I do have this like I don't know, it's I think I'm really blessed with whatever soul I've been given in this lifetime, but I I do truly feel that I do love life and I I really try to look for the lessons in life and I think that that helps um, when I'm working with other people too, because I think that for some people, it's kind of hard to see the meaning, right? Like when things are really hard, it's it's hard to like dissect around the pain and the struggle and the suffering to find the meaning. And it's like, well, if you're surrounded by someone who's really passionate about just being alive, like that's exciting, you know? And yeah. I think that it's a circle of, I don't know, I think it just perpetuates just gratitude. Yeah, you are you are giving that off and I'm smiling right now. <laughs> like I like I I just am drawn to your energy and I hope that other listeners feel feel the depth of this discussion and and at least look at what Danielle has to offer. So, if people want to find you, how do they do that, Danielle? So, you can find me on Instagram um at dbird20 d e e B-I-R-D-20. I started that Instagram not knowing it would get kind of big. So that was just a nickname when I was a kid. So Dbird20. Um, and then you can find me on my website, um, www.iamalphafem.com. And alphafem is spelled F-E-M-M-E for those that are wondering. And it's just a beautiful it's just a beautiful way to look at health and wellness by getting out of the healthcare industry that exists and looking at 
your own health and well-being from a whole holistic model, which is something nurses are all about. So that's why I'm like, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and listeners know you can find me at Dose of Support on Instagram, in our private Facebook group at www.doseofsupport.com. We have Patreon. I, I post on LinkedIn. I'm on Pinterest. I'm everywhere, you guys. So just find me. And of course, share your story. Fill out our survey. It's on our website. We want to hear from you because all stories in healthcare matter or outside of healthcare now where Danielle is. So thank you so much, Danielle, for visiting with me today. And listeners, do not hesitate to reach out. Every role in healthcare is important, and these experiences matter. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and a whole different story. Until then, make connections, you guys. Give each other a dose of support. Dose of Support is written, produced, and edited by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by Rafael Sequeira. Don't forget to rate the show, write a review, and leave feedback wherever you listen. I'm punching out until next week, where we try to find some self-care in healthcare once again.